and welcome to the Spirit Guide Society podcast. My name is Pedro Shanahan and I'm your spirit guide. Tonight, we had Luke Ford in the house with Woodford Reserve. And we were so lucky. We launched a couple of new expressions tonight. We've got like the Woodford Reserve wheat whiskey blowing my mind. The Woodford Reserve straight malt. That's not even a thing. And now it is. And then the Masters Collection. Yeah. Home run hitters. Beautiful stuff. Happy holidays, man. Thanks for coming out. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Cheers. Be sure to enjoy this podcast responsibly. That means you can make it into a drinking game, but remember, games have winners and losers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, this is good for you. This is good for you, Steve. Whoa! We did it! Yeah. Redemption! See, everything's all better now. Right? <laughs> That's how it works. Slow claps heals everything. Welcome to the Whiskey Society, everyone. Thanks for coming out tonight. This is our third Whiskey Society this week. Holy smokes. And poof, are you cheering for my liver? What the hell? Like, <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> it's true. Ever, nice job on the slow clap, man. That was fantastic. It was really good. I mean, everybody just kind of instinctively knew exactly what to do there. Why is that? Uh, they're trained. We're all programmed. We're all programmed. I think it's animal instincts. That's, well, that's I think we key about. in on each other's body language. It's yeah. like we're in the jungle. We're yeah. like so communicating. What's, what's happening right now? I don't know. I was mimicking your body language. That was very relaxed. Uh, I try to be very relaxed at all times. Yeah. But we've got the one and only Luke Ford in the house tonight from Woodford Reserve. What? <laughs> and, Tis a dream come true to be able to work with good friends. And this is one of those nights. I'm living the dream right now. <laughs> Luke Ford is former bartender right here at Seven Grand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is like old, it's homecoming. Feels good. Where's your prom dress? I thought this would work for you. I brought a little koala for a little koala. Yeah. He hugged you and he wouldn't yeah. let go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right on, man. So how things been going? Fantastic. Yeah, we've got some incredible whiskey here for you guys to try tonight. We've got some great new expressions that are part of our permanent lineup. And then I brought a little special treat, our newest master's collection for y'all. So it's because it's holiday good. times. Yeah, yeah, John's already popping. He's like, Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's great, man. Thanks for coming in before the end of the year. Get the little holiday love vibe happening here. It's good so to see So new you. expressions. Like, can you give us a little background? Okay, so... Chris Morris, your master distiller, he's kind of known for being a bit eccentric in the bourbon world. And I mean that in the best possible way. He's an artist. He does like his own art outside of being a master distiller. And is that kind of reflected in these new experimental kind of offerings? Um, certainly it is in the master's collection. I think that like when we talk about the, the standard lineup of what is our core family of brands right now, I think he becomes very much a traditionalist. I mean, he takes some liberties with maximizing flavor, but um, you'll, you'll see through the lineup that like, it's, he's really intentional about creating the best in category. Woodford Reserve, you guys have those big, beautiful pot stills. Yeah. That kind of sets you apart. Like yeah. most Kentucky distilleries you go and they're like, there's this big gigantic column right. still. But when you go to Woodford Reserve, you get to see these beautiful, massive postils, like you're in Scotland or Ireland, yeah. you're in Old World style. Yeah, and so if you come to the Woodford home place, um, it's one of the original birthplaces of what defined the bourbon category with 
uh, Pepper and Crow creating the, what are now the norms for making what we call bourbon whiskey. And so keeping in, in with that like traditional old world style, we really wanted to set Woodford apart. So we had the history of the land there, but we wanted to bring in you know, a new way of doing bourbon, but with all intentional aspects behind the five sources of flavor. So, And what are those? So when we talk about, especially when we talk about Woodford Reserve, I mean, kind of any whiskey, you need five steps to make a whiskey. You need water, grains, you need to ferment those grains, you need to distill that fermentation, and then you need to mature that. So we go water, grains, dis fermentation, distillation, maturation. So those are the five kind of sources of flavor, the five steps. And it depends on how you manipulate those steps that will give you the final product. And the, the birth of Woodford was really, it actually came from Owsley Brown, who was the former CEO of uh, Brown Foreman, one of the Brown family members, and he was one of the key people responsible for taking Jack Daniels and turning it into the global brand that it is today. Yeah, and so he was traveling around the world and he saw everywhere he went, you know, people drink based on certain things that are available, whether it be like the terroir, the geography, you know, whether it's in South America, they're drinking rums and cachaças because of sugarcane being so readily available. And out in Eastern Europe, a lot of hearty beers and, and vodkas. And then in France, it's burgundies and cognacs and things that are available in, in agriculture and that are easy to ferment and distill. And that became the cultural norm. And so everybody has these palates that acclimate towards these certain flavors. Owsley saw, you know, why can't we create a bourbon that has something for every single person in the world to find something they like inside of that glass? So it's kind of a lofty goal, but uh, he knew it was possible. And I really think now kind of refine this amazing product to literally have something for everyone. And that's, I think, which, what has led to the success of Woodford Reserve now as a global brand is that people are finding like, oh, you know, there's tons of fruit and like these big grape notes. Oh, yeah. And so it's working in France and we're getting this like malty, really rich, bready note that's converting a lot of scotch drinkers or we're getting these sweet like sugary notes and that's satisfying a lot of needs for these rum drinkers. And so really the, the, the origin of Woodford was how can we create something for everyone? And um, it was really about going back to those five sources of flavor and being intentional. So Owsley is being called kind of a crazy person at the time because this is about 22 years ago. And the entire whiskey category in the United States is in steep decline. Nobody's really drinking brown spirits. Maybe some, some fancy cognacs and things are a little bit popular for the, the upper echelon, right? But bourbon, rye, uh, you know, blended whiskeys, they're not doing well here in the States. They're barely doing well overseas. And, uh, you know, vodka's having its heyday. And so with this idea of creating a new flavorful bourbon, everybody's telling them, you're kind of nuts. Like, we, we already make bourbon. We know what we're doing. Uh, why is it going to be any different? He goes, no, it's kind of that field of dreams moment. It's like, if we do it right, people are going to come back to it. So this, this home place that we have at Woodford is really kind of the inspiration for that. And it, it just kind of set the landscape. And we have this gorgeous, if, has anybody been to Woodford Reserve? Out to the cellar. Only you and I, Luke. Oh, and uh, maybe a couple of Oh, there. all right. 
Yeah, whenever you want to come, I'm telling you what, it is absolutely breathtaking. And every time I go back, I feel like somebody's pulling a prank on me. Like it's you just you're driving down this nice country road and you turn this little corner and then I feel like there has to be somebody like on a walkie-talkie be like, send out those horses right now. Just get them running along. Just get them really pumped up. Yeah, cute. Just get them going. And you're like driving like, oh my God, what's happening? There's beautiful horses running everywhere. They like wink at you. They're like, yeah, like, yeah what's up? <laughs> Justify. Like we share a property line with American Pharaoh. Um, we are surrounded by racehorses and it's a big part of the, the community and the culture. One of the main reasons that the, the racehorsing industry and why they're there at that specific location is because of that water. So we have this beautiful aquifer of Kentucky limestone filtered water and uh, it makes two things. It makes really great flavorful whiskey and really strong powerful racehorses. So these, it's rich in minerality. It, it helps these racehorses to grow up strong and run and run fast. <laughs> and uh, it makes the whiskey damn, damn good. And so uh, that was kind of the, the intention there. So let's set up shop there. They knew what they were doing a long time ago. So then we talked about distillation. And you mentioned that we have these beautiful, giant copper pot stills at our distillery. And yes, they are. And this is very much an old world way of doing things. Uh, in Scotland and Ireland, they've been doing this for a long time. Traditionally, Scotland does the triple pot stills like we have at the distillery. And uh, that definitely lends to a ton of flavor. We're getting, we're retaining massive amounts of flavor in distillation. Does everybody know what distillation, the process is? It's okay if you don't. So the simple way of explaining it is that we take this big tub of now we have fermented grains, which is essentially a beer, right? And then we put it into these pots, heat the pot, and then the alcohol inside of that liquid evaporates at a lower temperature than the water. And that's where we get the term spirit. So we're talking about spirits versus fermented beverages like beers and wines. So the spirit rises inside of that pot. Now it's separated itself from the mash. You know what sound the spirit makes as it leaves the What's beer? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and so it's rising inside and now what do we do with this vapor? Well, has anyone seen a big pot still? Do we have any in here? Like little ones? Oh, oh yeah. I've, got one. I've got one right yeah. here. So inside this pot, now it starts to rise. And then as it gets to the top, perfect. So now the spirit's rising and it comes to the top here and then it hits this coil. And now there's these coils running inside of here in this copper that have cool water running through. Here, and I that, got it. Look, warms up. Oh, there you go. So that cool water hits that vapor, and when the vapor interacts with that cool water now, it, it reliquifies. So it condenses back into a liquid and comes off the other end. As now what we call in Kentucky, we call it white dog. Or in oh. Scotland, they call it new make. It's basically just really rough and tough whiskey. It's not been aged, it's not been refined, but it's just coming right off the still. Um, so utilizing this old world method, plus we do have some distillate coming from our Brown Foreman distillery off of a column still. So we're blending these two together. It's the first time that this has really been done for commercial purposes. So again, maximizing flavor in every step. And then um, maturation, arguably the most important because all of the color uh, has to come naturally. One of the big laws for making bourbon whiskey and a lot of whiskeys in the United States 
you cannot add any color or flavor. So everything you see there came from sitting inside of a barrel. Um, bourbon is one of the most highly regulated spirit categories in the world. So there's lots of laws you have to follow in order to call your whiskey bourbon whiskey. So you have to use new charred oak containers every single time you want to mature your white dog if you want to call it bourbon whiskey. Um, and at Brown Foreman, which is the company that owns Woodford, owns Jack Daniels, owns a lot of really great spirits like Herradura tequila, Finlandia, or Finlandia vodka, um, El Himidor tequila. We have lots of different spirits. Jack Daniels, I said, but Old Forester, early times. There's just, it's a, a great big company, but with a really intentional family backbone, still mm -hmm. family owned and operated. Um, we're the only spirit supplier in the U.S. that owns our own cooperage which is oh. where you make whiskey barrels, or just barrels. And so being able to control that part of the process is arguably one of the most important parts of what we do at Brown Foreman. Because we design our barrels specific to our whiskeys. We want to create unique barrels to tailor make the flavors we want. So the Woodford barrel is actually a, a pioneer barrel for the bourbon industry because we, we toast our barrels before we char them. Aha. Uh -huh. Yeah. Very, very different. Most people just char them. Yep. You toast them first. Yes. So the toasting and charring process is, you may be wondering, what's the difference? That's what I was going to thought that you were oh. going to jump in there, Pedro. Well, what's the difference? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, now we're on it. Yeah. We'll, just, we'll, we'll do a little edit right there. Well, what's the difference there, there Luke? What's the well, difference? I'm so glad you asked. Um, so one great analogy that our, our friend, uh, at Jack Daniels, E.T., do you know, you know oh, yeah. I love E.T. He has a great analogy for the difference between charring and toasting. And his, his thing is that if you've ever, anybody ever made a s'more? Sure, hopefully everyone is. If not, like, let's go do it now and redeem your childhood. <laughs> um, you can do that. Yeah. We've got a hot plate out there in the main there bar. There you go, yeah, we'll make it happen. Um, so his analogy is, he likens it to, if you, if you hold a marshmallow over a flame and you just get it nice and gold and brown, you never let it catch on fire, and it totally changes the flavor of that marshmallow, right? Caramelizes those sugars, but it just makes a sweet, nice, caramely, mm, gooey deliciousness, as opposed to those crazy people that like s'mores where they just shove them into the fire and they light them on fire for as long as possible. Great, I, yep, is that you? Are you, yeah, okay. We've got a crazy person here, people. So very different tastes, right? If you just shove it in there and let it go, it's, it's burnt, it's charred, it's crisp. Um, I love that analogy, so that helps paint the picture in my head. But one other really cool thing about the difference between toasting and charring is that we've actually had arborists who are tree scientists have discovered that trees have a natural defense mechanism where through the root system and through heat approaching the trunk, they are able to push sap, tannins, vanillins out to try to protect themselves from being burned. So as the heat approaches this wood, the wood is trying to protect itself from catching on fire. So it's sending all these really flavorful, awesome notes that we want inside of the barrel. So we raise the barrel and then we send it into this toasting room where there's literally a rod that goes inside with the heads off the barrel and extreme heat is emitted from this rod but never any direct fire. So we toast the barrel for 10 minutes and that toasting process pulls flavor inside. 
The caramelized sugar of the white oak tree. Yes. And then we send it to get burned. So we're like, fooled you, you are getting burned. <laughs> so, so we toast for 10 minutes and then we char the inside of the barrel for 25 seconds, which opens up the staves of the wood, creates like an alligator skin looking inside of the barrel. So then when we put the new whiskey inside, it just starts interacting with all that flavor right away. So it's grabbing that vanilla, that sap, that tannin, all the color. And then the other crazy, really important thing that we do at Whitford and with Brown Foreman whiskeys is we do heat cycled warehouses. So has anybody been to, I mean, I know a lot of you haven't been to Woodford, but anyone been to Kentucky? Oh, yeah. Right on. So Kentucky is very, the, the climate swings, right? They have seasons, unlike here in SoCal. We just kind of, right now, it's freezing outside. Yeah, this it's like is our 60 deep, degrees. dark winter. <laughs> it's a blizzard. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm bundled up right now. I've got my little koala. I'll keep, keep you warm. Um, but so those, those temperature swings make a big difference. And the traditional way of maturing whiskey or aging whiskey in barrels was to put it in what's called a rickhouse. And the traditional rickhouse in Kentucky is just a system of wooden, they call them ricks, and they just roll the barrels in. And it's this structure that's more or less held in place by the weight of all the barrels. And then tin walls and a tin roof. If you go to Kentucky in the middle of summer, which I went to Heaven Hills Rick House with, were you there? I think you might've been, I might've been with you. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we walked into their Rick House at Heaven Hill. They make great whiskeys. And it was middle of summer. It was like 95 degrees outside. We walked in the first floor. I was like, oh man, it feels so good in here. It's like, I'm glad they turned the air on, <laughs> being an idiot. <laughs> I'm like, no, there's no AC. This is just, this warehouse is like reacting right now. And this first floor is, it feels so much cooler literally because the heat in here is just swooping up to the ceiling. It's pulling the heat to the ceiling. So I'm like, okay, crazy. So we walk up to the second floor and it gets to be about 110 degrees on the second floor of this yeah. rickhouse. And I'm like, I'm like, why am I feeling kind of buzzed right now? I haven't yeah, had yeah. anything to drink. And they're like, there's alcohol in the air. You are breathing in alcohol yeah. in the air. And I'm like, let's keep going to the top, let's go. <laughs> They're like, no, no, no. We got to the third floor, it was like 115 degrees. And like, this is as far as we're allowed to take you because you'll die if you go up. And these things go up like 10, sometimes 15 stories high. And literally you're not allowed to go up past the third floor. And that top floor of that warehouse, you can imagine those barrels are sitting inside of there and the heat is intense and it's pressurizing that barrel. And then it's forcing the whiskey to react with the barrel. So it, it's going in and out of the safe. We call it breathing. So they're sweating. That barrel on the top is getting a lot of maturation out of one summer. And then you go right into the winter season and everything's the same. Cold is cold. Now those, those barrels on the first floor we walked in they're, they're sitting at that cool air-conditioned temperature year-round, right? There's not a whole lot happening. They're not getting that intense pressure that those top floor barrels are getting. And that is the artistry of what a lot of these bourbon makers have been doing for many, many years, is that they would take that top barrel and like, okay, one of those top barrels, not only is it crazy flavorful, but there's only like an ounce left in that barrel because we're losing so much evaporation. evaporation. So one of the ways the angel that, share. The angel share. Um, one of the ways that we're trying to refine this process in an attempt to, like I said, maximize flavor and create that 
perfect, warm, comfort bourbon for everyone in the world, is we want to be intentional about doing things that are going to be easy and consistent for the consumer. So we have heat cycled warehouses. It's a very different process that we're doing. So that means we have all brick and mortar buildings for aging our barrels. And when those winter months start to roll around, as soon as the distillery starts to get a little cool, the temperature starts to drop, we shut up the warehouses and then we heat them. So we're actually heating from the bottom. We never let the barrels get cold. So we're creating this year round sweating maturation process. Um, which is nobody's doing that. That's really interesting. I think there might be one or two other people that have started to implement that, but um, it's it's a standard now within the Brown Foreman family. So, and that was really again kind of one of the things that really set Woodford apart. So, what's this first mark that ever passed around for everyone? <laughs> I'm sorry, I feel like that was a lot of a. Uh, that was great, story. but um, okay. yeah. So now Gary's we're drinking whiskey. At his watch. Oh my goodness, uh -oh. he's timing us. So this is what we've been chatting about. This is our Woodford Reserve bourbon. So everything we just talked about is 72% of this Ever gave is you corn. a very loving pour here. Oh, My thank you. Yeah, I'm he's, gonna, he's trying to get you drunk. You're going to wheelbarrow me out here. Right. All right. Um, Welcome home. Yeah, thank you. So the grains we talked about, 72% corn, 18% rye, and then 10% malted barley. And this is a great grain recipe for making a bourbon because we have the sweetness from the corn, we have a little bit of that spice from the rye, and then we have an all-natural fermentation. Like again, we talked about our aggressive yeast, but we really help that yeast out by giving it a nice hefty 10% of malted barley, which malted barley has a lot of fermentable sugars. So it gives the yeast a lot of time to digest and create nice fruity esters. Um, and then you know, that distillation process that we talked about with the pot still and the column still, and then that heat cycled warehouses in the specific Woodford barrel for about five to seven years. That's the average age of the Woodford barrel. And then we blend together about 110 to 120 barrels per batch of Woodford to make sure that we have a little bit of wiggle room to make sure that we have that consistent flavor that is Woodford for every batch. Um, and that's, you know, a small batch. We, we don't do a small batch on our labels anymore because it started to get a little bit, bit ridiculous. There's not really a governing body for It's not what, a legal term. There's not, yeah. So it's just anything smaller than a large batch. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's not a large it's batch. It's true. It's true. But I mean, it's not, I mean, there were small batches that were pouring like 5,000 barrels at a time and saying, it's a small batch because we, we, we oversaw that batch, and I feel like it's my baby batch, so it's a small batch. And then now, I mean, you see, I saw a commercial for a small batch dog food. Wow. So like, it's, it's really gone out of control. Wow. <laughs> so we actually have put on a new, uh, we've got our own little label thing that we're doing now, which is a really cool term that we've uh, adopted. We're, we're calling it our proprietary batch. We put proprietary batch on every bottle of Woodford now, and that's just to say that, you know, we're not going to say small batch, we're, we're making small batches of whiskey, certainly, but, um, but we're a big company. But uh, we realized that that term didn't carry much weight. So it was more of a commitment to anyone that enjoys Woodford that it was a hands-on process and it was done by us for you. So 
proprietary batch. So this is the Woodford Reserve bourbon that we're starting off with. Yep. So stick your nose in that glass, breathe in gently through your mouth, share some food words. This is a place where you can get a deeper understanding of your own palate here. What are you guys getting? Cherry syrup, nice. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, it's very fruity. I get that cherry note. What do you guys, as you, as you tap it over your tongue, what else happens? Sometimes your nose will lead you down one road and then you're surprised by what happens when you tap it on your tongue. French toast, French nice. French toast is great. Yeah, creme brulee, awesome. What else? Oh, what as else? you said that, that jumped right into the front of my mm. That is quite delicious. I am suggestible. And, and what's the, uh, the proof on this? this Standard expression Woodford Reserve bourbon. It's a ninety point four. Uh huh. Um, so you'll be uh, privy to that as we taste through the rest and know that everything that is part of our standard lineup, what we call our family of brands, if it comes in the 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 package you're familiar with, the really beautiful bottle, uh, they're all going to be bottled at ninety point four. So when we taste through the next several whiskeys. Uh, we're intentional about that proof point because we don't want you to be deceived by, let's say I gave you, I could give you two barrels of Woodford, what will be Woodford Reserve at let's say 110 and then at the 90, the 110 proof is going to be a little more aggressive. It's going to be hotter. It's going to completely change the way you interact with it. So when we taste through the rest of our lineup, Everything you're going to taste today is at 90.4, but they are completely different whiskeys. But we've only manipulated one of these flavor levers. So we talk about those five sources of flavor. Um, you know, this is our bourbon. When we talk about our rye, we're manipulating the grain recipe. Doing the same thing with our wheat and malt that we're going to talk about. All we're changing for those is our grain recipe. Then we move into our double oaked. That's where we get creative with our maturation. And the only thing we're changing there is that fifth source of flavor. We're manipulating that lever. We're pulling the, the maturation lever, and what you get like that will blow your mind. And then we have the master's collection for you, which is just part of Chris Morris being a mad scientist. So this is a beautiful bourbon, utterly sippable. And that's why I think some folks are really hardcore fans of the Woodford Reserve bourbon. They have yeah. like a very intense fan base. We but. do. We're, we're very lucky. We've got uh, a lot of uh, diehard supporters. Um, and I think that goes to, speaks to the intentionality behind its creation is that we wanted to create something that would really be enjoyable for everyone. And the people that find it, find their way to it, um, they come back to it. I mean, I encourage everybody to go try all these new fun. There's so much great whiskey out there right now, but Thank you, uh, sir. Woodford is always going to have your back. It's always going to be reliable. Um, you're going to come back to it. We see that every time. And so if you, you end up in some middle of nowhere somewhere and you see a bottle of Woodford, you're going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like seeing an old friend. Absolutely. Cheers to that. Yeah. Oh, here comes Ever with a little... Oh, thank you. Of course. Yeah. Ever, what's the second mark here? Yes. Kentucky Straight Rye. Yeah. And we just bought a single barrel of this this year. You bought a, a personal selection. Yeah, yeah, of rye whiskey. So yeah. that's not even like a category really yeah. in the whiskey world. But I think that in another four or five years, that's going to be one of the most sought after categories. I really think that single barrel rye is like one yeah. of my favorite personal 
Yeah, so uh, there, yeah, so I, I'm not gonna, I would never correct you, but um, this is technically what we do at Woodford when, when you pick out the personal selection, it's not actually just one barrel. So everything that we do, because Woodford is so unique and we're doing that column in the pot and we're doing all these things to make it like what we desire to be perfect, we're striving for that at least. Um, when you pick a personal selection at Woodford, you're actually blending together two barrels. Aha. Uh -huh. So you get a full barrel's right. worth that's because right. we're losing that tasting with Elizabeth. Yeah, that's right. yeah, yeah. So uh, that's very unique to us. We're really the only distillery offering that experience for people. So that's another thing that kind of sets us apart from the single barrel selections right now that, you know, we don't want it to just be a one punch, you know? We don't want just one barrel because we do want it to retain that, the backbone of what makes Woodford Woodford. So when you do a personal selection, you get to go through a blending of several barrels and you pick your favorite of the two combined and then we bottle it for you. And so you, you can try those here at the bar and they're fantastic. And if you see them out of other bars, they look almost just like our regular bottles, but they have a, Customized label on a little place. sticker and our says uh, list which is a zine list one of our barbacks helped yeah. to go out and pick yeah. that single uh, the personal selection of yeah. the rock when, when we talk about the Woodford lineup all of our standard lineup uh, We're only manipulate the mm. only change is that grain recipe so we had 72% corn 18% rye 10% malted barley we talk about our rye whiskey it is phenomenal. I love this. It's one of so, my favorite whiskeys in the world. One of my favorite whiskeys in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, couldn't have said it better. Mm. Um, this one was born out of uh, a, a weird necessity. I remember when I was bartending here, there was the rye boom happened. Right, right when we first opened, it started yeah. like we were one of the first bars that I knew of that had two rye whiskeys in the well. Like right. people thought that was like what? what? Yeah. That's nuts. <laughs> I had the the curly mustache. I thought it was so cool, <laughs> and we were you know pouring through old cocktail books and Mad Men was a popular show and people wanted to drink Manhattans and old fashions and rye was like always being talked about on all these shows and so it had kind of this mystique to it, but like nobody really knew what defined a rye let alone what it was supposed to taste like. So all these old distilleries that had been around for years, they hadn't been keeping up with the production, and so rye just went kaput almost overnight. And we had, there were about five ryes on the market at the time. It was like Pikesville, Rittenhouse, Beam had a rye. Jim Beam rye. Old Petrero had a rye. Mm -hmm. And uh, over, Overhold. A wild, wild turkey rye. Oh yeah, turkey, so maybe six ryes, yeah. And just like that, they're gone, and we can't get anything. Rittenhouse went from being like 15 bucks a bottle to 50 if you could find it, and Pikesville just went away. The brand just, like, we gotta shut it down for a while because we have nothing to give you. Yeah. <laughs> and so these genius marketing people from who knows where decide, everybody wants rye, let's go out and give them rye. So they went to the two biggest producers of whiskey in the world, and, well, in, in the Americas, they went to Alberta, Canada, and LDI at the time, well, she's now MGP. Yeah, yeah. So LDI was Lawrenceburg Distillers, Indiana, and now it's called Midwest Grain Producers. 
massive Death Star, awesome, just giant facility, just like push a button, whiskey shoots out of the side of it. And it's awesome, but it's like, you know, not necessarily meant for like these really nice sipping individual whiskeys. And in Canada, certainly, they do things completely different than we do down here. Um, not to say that's bad, or, you know, it's just how they do. They distill everything separately. So they'll dip, make a batch of corn whiskey, wheat whiskey, rye whiskey, malt whiskey, and then they blend them together to make whatever flavor profile they're going for. So they had tons of barrels of 100% rye whiskey just laid down, sitting there with nothing to do but get bottled down here and sold to all of us as this new fantastic rye. And we all kind of just went with it because people want rye. And it tastes great. And it was spicy and you know did the trick. But it really wasn't what was meant for those barrels. And so I think what's amazing about our rye is that Chris kind of didn't like that that had happened. And in an effort to kind of show everybody what's what, <laughs> started digging and did his research on what a true Kentucky rye would be like. And this is what happened, and it's really beautiful. So those 95, 100% ryes that are really aggressive, they have a great spice note, but that's about it. They were never meant for consumption on their own. They were meant to go into blends. They might hold up in a cocktail, but you know they're a little bit aggressive. So this Woodford Reserve rye is 53% rye, that's it, 33% corn, and then we upped it to 14% malted barley. The oh, reason wow. we did the malted barley upage is because we needed that fermentable sugar. Rye is a super finicky grain. There's hardly any fermentable sugar, so, and it's really difficult to work with if you ask any uh, It's glutinous, it sticks to the inside of the still. It sticks, it foams up, it just doesn't really work well with the, the mash process. So you need to have those fermentable sugars from the barley. Um, and this is the result. And that is the only thing we've changed, which is crazy if you take your nose and you stick it from the bourbon to the rye. You have two very uniquely different whiskeys. But so again, stick your nose in that glass, guys. Yeah. We're just pulling that grain recipe lever. Um, and again, when we talk about those 100% 95 rye, they have to use barley enzymes, which is not a bad thing. It's, I'm, again, I love all the whiskey people, and the more people drink whiskey, the more we all enjoy our jobs. <laughs> so that rising tide lifts all ships. And um, we just wanted to do everything all naturally. So this fermentation is all natural with the malted barley. We don't have to wow. use enzymes or any chemicals right. to create the, the proper You can bet that the 100% rye out there, they have to absolutely. Uh, yeah. What do you guys think of that Woodford Reserve rye? Pretty amazing, right? I get like citrus and orange off of it. I, I mean, uh, orange and, and like chocolate, like and, and, and a little bit of like uh, baking spice and a little mintiness. Yeah. I really love this whiskey. What is the bottle price? If I was gonna get a bottle of the Woodford Reserve Rye from my home bar for the holidays, yeah. what would this run me? Um, I mean, the average you'll see for about, a, for a, we have 750s and liters of all the ones that we're gonna try except for the Masters Collection and the Double Oak. Um, a, a, a liter bottle of, well, the best part is that all these are line priced except for the Masters Collection and Double Oak. So the bourbon, rye, malt, and wheat are always gonna be release at the same price. Oh, wow. Which is really cool. That's um, amazing. And uh, it, it'll run you about 35 to $40 wow. for, the, for the bottle. 
Amazing, yeah. amazing. And a great bargain. It just goes to show that some of the best whiskeys in the world are still under 50 bucks. You know, like Jim Murray's Whiskey Bible yeah. just came out a couple weeks ago with the best whiskey in the world, and they chose uh, the um, 1792 this year. Yeah. And that that's $45 a bottle, maybe. Oh, it's the foolproof, so it's a little more expensive, but still really goes to show you that you know you don't necessarily need to pay $300 for a bottle of whiskey to have the best in the world. I'm not knocking those yeah. those expressions. If that's yeah. what you dig, go for it. So what is this third mark, the double oaked? Can you explain to us? So oh you, you've gone away from playing around with the mash bills, now you're playing around with the maturation. Yeah. So I'm assuming that means you, you're taking your normal bourbon uh -huh. and then you're doing something else to it. Absolutely, yeah. So. Yeah, I was bartending here and it was a busy happy hour and one of our uh, liquor salespeople came in and uh, God bless them, they're great people for the most part. <laughs> but they don't always have the most tact <laughs> like for timing or knowing when's a good time to talk. And I was just, I was really busy and I'm running back and forth and I, I just saw that person from a mile away. I was like, oh, they're going to want to talk to me about a million things. and. I'm not making money when I'm talking to them. <laughs> you know, so it's like you got a lot of people yeah, waiting so for drinks. So I'm just like, okay. So they're like setting up these things. They're like, can I have some glasses? Like, all right. So I just gave them a bunch of glassware and walked away. And then they poured out all these things for me to taste. And they came over like when I had time. I was like, hey, how's it going? Trying to be as cordial and polite and hospitable as possible. I'm like, try this new bourbon from Woodford Reserve. And I was like, okay. I didn't know they did a new thing. Cool. So pour it out. And I like quickly like taste. And I'm like. And I'm like, bullshit. I was like, don't, like you can't come in to seven grand. <laughs> like, I've got all like, <laughs> I was like, that is not bourbon. <laughs> I was so pissed. I was like, you can't come in here and try to fleece me, dude. Like, this is not going to happen. Like, you should know better than come in here and lie to, you know, I was just like a little hot headed, to be honest, because I was just like frustrated. I was like, it's so good. It's so rich. It's <laughs> like, there's so much happening. And they're like, oh, it is, it's, it's perfect. Like, hand me the bottle, I'm like, what is happening? Because I was like, I need to know everything about this. I was like, it's amazing. Yeah. So I literally got mad at somebody for telling me it was bourbon whiskey because <laughs> I, I had never tasted a bourbon with this much flavor. And this really for me is what began my little love affair with Woodford Reserve is because this is innovation in the world of bourbon that hadn't been done ever. So what we're doing here is when we talk about bourbon whiskey, you have to use new charred oak containers every time if you want to call it bourbon. There's tons of whiskey companies out there that finish whiskeys in other barrels. And that was really kind of the birth of what spawned this idea. And so, you know, there's lots of really great, beautiful Scotch whiskeys that finish their they start off their, their scotch in our American whiskey barrels and then they do it for 10, 18, 20 years and then they pull it out and they throw it into a barrel that just dumped out a bunch of beautiful port wine. And then, then when that whiskey goes in, it's getting that residual, the, the port is it's in the wood, so it's, it's leaching into the whiskey a little bit. Oh, for sure. Yeah, big time. So those sherry cask finishes and all these things. And, uh, we, Brown Foreman used to be the main importer for the Glenmorangie, which is, which really was the pioneer of doing these beautiful finishes. Dr. Bill Lumsden, Lumsden. playing around with a lot of different wine casks. Absolutely. Really kind of pioneered an entirely new category, which is now on fire. And 
everyone in the whiskey category saw that and wanted to start doing stuff. And unfortunately, if you want to call it bourbon, your hands are tied. You got to use a new barrel. You can't use barrels that had other stuff. Otherwise, you can't call it bourbon. <laughs> Just can't. And so Chris, again, being kind of an amazing mad scientist. Eccentric. Eccentric guy. Artist type. Yep. Uh, he says, you know, we own our own cooperage. We make our own barrels. Nowhere does it say in the law that we can't use two brand new barrels as long as nothing was in either one of them before. So what you're tasting is glass number one, fully matured, done, what, you, what we talked about for the, my beginning there, my long-winded, beautiful speech about how much I love Woodford. It was beautiful. And we took that and it was in that Woodford barrel, which was a 10 minute toast and a 25 second char. And then we created a second double oaked barrel, which is a 40 minute toast wow. and a flash char. So we literally are turning the gas on for, it lasts about five seconds so that it's a charred oak container, but it's been toasting for 40 minutes. Wow. So remember those caramelized sugars and all that really rich sweet vanillas? That's inside that barrel take the fully matured bourbon, ready to go into a bottle, and then we put it into that double oaked barrel for another year. And the color just... Yeah, it, you can see it's, it's super, so super dark red. And it's rich. It's like dessert bourbon. It's, it's chocolate and caramel. And well, well, let's see what delicious. you guys are getting. Oh, so, banana pudding, beautiful. Ooh, yes. What else, you guys? Bubblegum. Mm. Bubblegum, so very floral. Alexa, what are you getting? Eucalyptus, nice, ever. A little bit of minty. Eucalyptus. A little minty. Oh, yeah. Eucalyptus, yeah. mint. It's exquisite. I love that one. Oh my. What's that bottle price on that one? Um, honestly, it, for how much it should cost, I'm kind of surprised. It, it'll, again, be one of those under $50, around $50, depending on where you live and what store you're at. Wow. Absolutely. It's the most expensive ingredient in making the, the whiskey is the barrel. and. We're using two and we're only using that second one one time and we're only using it for about a year. So uh, it's a big investment for us. You'll notice um, if, you, if you notice the bottles when you walk in, there's uh, several that have the similar shape and then there's two that are kind of a different shape. So when we're talking about the Show manipulating- Show off that model to the camera there. Every yeah. Room. yeah. There you go. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Hey. Oh, yeah. So when we talk about manipulating the grain recipe as part of our standard line, you'll see it in that, the, the bottle you're familiar with, but it'll have a different colored label. So the bourbon is that kind of cream color, the, the rye is that green colored label. Uh, you're about to taste our malt, which is coming in that blue label. And then I'm super excited for everybody to try the wheat, which is our newest line. Oh, oh we're gonna get to it. And that's gonna be in the kind of that maroon color. And then the double oak that you just tasted is in that different package. It's kind of a short, stout package. It looks like a pot still. Beautiful little package and beautiful little whiskey. Um, and my hope is, and Brittany, I might be speaking out of turn, but I'm kind of looking into the future. I'm anticipating that maybe there will be other expressions of the maturation manipulation. So you might see the, it's possible, but I think that's probably the intention if I'm reading between the lines. Yeah, so, be on the lookout for really amazing things. However, now, now we'll move on to the next one. What is this one? What is this one that ever just passed out here? So this is our Kentucky Straight Malt. 
Kentucky Straight Malt? What the hell? That's not even a thing. Right? What? What? <laughs> That's crazy. So, like the same kind of whiskey that they're making in Ireland and Scotland and Japan? Nope. 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 No. What is it? So, uh, this is really fun. This is uh, kind of a pioneer to the category. Um, we launched this whiskey last year uh, and sold out of our entire stock in about two weeks. Wow. Because we sold it basically. People freaked out. Well, we, we had one large grocer that picked up most of it overnight because they tasted it and like, we'll sell this everywhere and we're not going to turn down the sales. So we launched this Kentucky Straight Malt sold out and then we just had to be like okay we'll we'll wait until more is ready uh and it relaunched this year with the wheat which we'll taste after this but uh, so are we kind of relaunching it here tonight pretty much yeah this is, is this fairly new to the southern california market yeah this it's just new a expression? couple months ago so the woodford reserve kentucky straight malt kentucky straight two. malt i don't know why i ever put that number on there yeah. he's like <laughs> So when we talk about Kentucky straight malt, we're not talking about single malt. We're not talking about Scotch whiskey. We're not talking about the American single malt category, which is really growing right now. Beautiful whiskeys like Westward and, and uh, Westland, Westland, Westward and Charbay. Yeah. Um, so this is a again, it's a three grain recipe. And again, the only thing we're changing about this whiskey from the other two, the, the first two is that grain lever. So instead of being predominantly corn or predominantly rye, the leading grain in this whiskey is now that malted barley. So we're at 51% malted barley and then 48% corn or yeah, 48% corn and then 2% rye. Wow. So what are you guys getting off of this Kentucky straight malt? It's super grassy on the nose to me, but what, what are you getting? Everyone's palate's different. Vanilla? Banana, beautiful. Seven grain bread. Seven grain bread. I get, I get nice. oats. I get breadiness. I can smell bread. Yeah, bready, oaty. What were you gonna say? Fresh cut alfalfa. Fresh cut alfalfa. Beautiful, Alexa. Yeah. Field of grass. That yeah, is beautiful. And go ahead. What were you no, saying? I'm just saying this is like opening up a new category. I think mm -hmm. really in the entire industry, there's really not anything like it right now that I've tasted. So. Wow. Now with its relaunch, and we have plenty of stock, um, I'm excited to see what happens in bars like this and, and oh, yeah. neighborhood bars that are like getting fun and creative with new ingredients. And wow, it's really grassy on the tongue to me. Yeah. Like I get that malted barley 100%. It's yeah. very earthy. Yeah. It like grounds out in a way that the, the corn-based distillate does not, you know? Yeah, yeah. Wow, really, really different. Yeah, and it, honestly, if you look at, we have some patented flavor wheels at Woodford Reserve. We have a flavor wheel for each one of our whiskeys, and we were kind of the first to start that. There's a lot of people doing that now. It's kind of cool, but I love flavor wheels. Yeah, the the bourbon is in perfect balance, right? And it, like you said, I mean, that's what Chris is going for. These other whiskeys are out of balance intentionally. If you look at the flavor wheel of the double oaked, straight down the middle, half of that is sweet aromatics and you'll find all these different little notes. And then you have the, the other categories of, you know, wood, spice, fruit, and, and uh, grain. But intentionally manipulating these flavors gives you a different flavor wheel. But that's the balance that they're looking for, right? The bourbon, if you look at it, we have great team of scientists at the University of Kentucky and Louisville and 
Uh, we've had everything analyzed. You can look straight down. There's an actual way to, I'm not a scientist, <laughs> but to molecularly identify the flavor compounds inside of each bottle of Woodford. And it's called a gastrospectrochromograph. There you go. I believe you for some reason. Um, yeah. She sells, she sells down by the seashore. Dang. It's, it actually will take a kind of a digital picture of the, the alcohol vapor coming off of the still and yeah. tell you what flavors are in the distillate, yeah. chemically speaking, like exactly. Yeah, and for every single category, we are consistently straight down the middle for our bourbon. Obviously, we don't have smoke because there's no smoke in our in any of our whiskeys. We're not heating anything or adding smoke. But uh, for our bourbon, we are right down the middle, and there are 220 identifiable flavors inside of each bottle of Woodford bourbon. Now we can't articulate those or identify those with our palates, but chemically we can. If we took them. enough time, I think we could figure it yeah. out. So, what is this mark that ever just passed around here? Is this the, are we on to the wheat? Oh yeah, oh. so here we go. So we're, we're like seriously getting in, a lot of people in Southern California have never tasted these whiskeys. You guys are on the cutting edge of a couple of these new expressions to hit the market here. So that was just the Kentucky Straight Malt. Boom, now ever passed around Woodford Reserve Wheat Whiskey. Yeah. What the hell does that mean? Honestly, this is, uh, this is the most excited I've been for a new expression of whiskey at all, ever. Um, and it's because I didn't even realize it was happening until I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. And this launched, and the idea here is that we are now the first ever major supplier to have all four categories of straight whiskey under one roof. Wow. So in 1934, right after Prohibition ended, the U.S. government set down a few laws, one of them being that there could be four categories of straight whiskey, straight American whiskey. So there could be bourbon, rye, malt, and wheat. There is a category of straight corn whiskey, but that is not a part of the U.S. law. It operates under a different system. You cannot use charred barrels to do corn whiskey. So you might see a straight corn whiskey, but the government says that the four categories of American straight whiskey are bourbon, rye, wheat, and malt. And now with the launch of wheat and the relaunch of our malt, it's super awesome that you can go to Woodford Reserve to experience all four categories in one family. And uh, this kind of completes that story of manipulating the grain recipe to create a completely beautiful, new, absolutely delicious whiskey. This, I'm just, it's like my little new toy. I'm so excited about it. This is the first time we've launched a, a, a brand in our in our core family that's a four grain recipe. Okay. So we've never used wheat as part of our regular expressions. Chris has certainly played with it for different masters collections and whatnot, but uh, this completes the Woodford story with our family of brands. Bless you. And uh, so now we have. Bless, bless. you again. Okay, well, you're a three, three? Okay, cool. I vary from three to like seven. Um, so with this now being our first four grain expression, we have 52% red winter wheat, we have 8% rye, and there it is, flushing it. And then 20 Trifecta. corn and 20 barley. So super unique, very interesting. That wheat is very soft, but then 
everything that you love about Woodford kind of just comes in and is like, let's do it. <laughs> and you get this really fun, like it, um, where is, is this? Yeah. It yeah. just, it, that's, yeah. Well, what do you guys get? He's sticking your nose in that glass, breathing gently through your mouth. Are, are you, you're calling it your wheat whiskey or are you calling it your four grain? It's Kentucky straight wheat. Kentucky straight wheat. Yep. What are you guys getting as you smell this wheat whiskey from Woodford, Woodford Reserve? Toasty, it's definitely, I get that. That is such an easy sipper, oh my God. So fantastic. I really think this is gonna dominate this year. Oh, it's chocolatey on the finish. Yeah, cinnamon toast and chocolate, like cinnamon toast crunch and some like dark chocolate in there. That is amazing. And what's the bottle price gonna be on the new? Wow, and this is now part of your permanent range. Yep. So these oh. are all available year round. Same as the bourbon, rye. That's the best part. Between 30 and 35. Yeah. All right, so Ever's come around with the Masters Collection. So this is where Chris Morris really gets to be, and, and Elizabeth, they get to kind of play around with yeah. the whole idea of what whiskey could be. This is the kind of artist, yeah, the artistic I mean, license side of the distillery. So this is uh, this is our final offering um, tonight. I hope you guys really like this one. Um, as Pedro was saying, like every year, and now actually this year we're doing we're going to do two masters collections. So we'll do one at the beginning of the year, which will be called our batch proof, and that will be different every year. But the only difference will be the proof of the batch. So when we talk about how the importance of the maintaining that 90.4 is so important because we want consistency we want you to taste the difference in you know what we're trying to get across not just the heat of the alcohol but we're gonna do one release at the beginning of the year called the batch proof which will be in a similar bottle to the master's collection bottle you just saw and that'll be one batch of Woodford uncut so every year that will be different but it'll be the same process it'll be that 110 120 barrels that go into a batch and uh, it, it'll range and improve, but it could be up to 120, 130. Really, really hot, but like, again, the product is so well made. The last batch proof, um, you know, it, you would think it would kick and like burn. It's deceptively smooth. Like, it, I, I mean, we don't like the word smooth, but when you talk about how easily that coats your palate and yeah and does not give you that little heat in the back of your throat and cut you as it's going down. It doesn't do any of that. Sorry, I'm screwing up your microphone. Um, so the batch proof is just, it really is like a, you know, we don't have to mess with our proof point, but we want to show you that like, it's still phenomenal, even really so high So what is this, what is this coming in at? So no, this, no, this, the master's collection at the end of the year is Chris and Elizabeth's opportunity to go wild whatever is inspiring them whatever nerdy fantasies they want to really get out uh, that's what the master's collection has been it's been about history and it's been about creating something new and innovative and a one-of-a-kind and they're different every year this one is no exception and we're calling this the, the chocolate malted rye Whoa. however it is a bourbon <laughs> And why that's confusing is it's not, but here it is. So it is a two grain bourbon. So traditionally bourbon has been three grains, bourbon or corn and either rye or wheat and then your malted barley. This is only corn and rye. 
but we have 70% corn and then 30% rye, but 15% of the 30 has been malted and dried to the point where now we're toasting. So everybody know what malting is, sorry. Apologies if not. So you, you wet the grain, you get it to germinate and it starts to send fermentable sugars. It's kinetic energy going into the stock and it's gonna, it wants to open up and create new life. And what that new life has inside is just tons of energy. But you don't want it to blossom because then you lose all of that. So stopping that germination process, all you gotta do is just heat it up. That's why in Scotch whiskeys that are really smoky, they heat it over these fires that are burning peat, which is an organic material below the ground. That smoke finds its way into the barley and translates all the way to the finished product. We're drying this grain over normal, traditional, you know, modernized floors that are heating with gas. That there's no actual smoke. No flavor coming from no the heat. No flavor from process. the heat, but we're heating it up so much that it starts to caramelize to the point where it's almost going to burn. So we're getting this rye so toasted that it's right on the verge of turning into char. But that toasting part, it actually turns into a chocolate malt. Stick your nose in that glass, breathe in gently through your mouth. What are you guys getting from this Woodford Reserve Master Collection for 2019, the end of an era, Woo. the beginning of a new decade? What are you guys getting? Dark cherry and licorice. Dark cherry and licorice. Mm. Ever, what are you getting? Oh, wow. Yeah, chocolate. Chocolate. Oh, yeah. It's super fruity to me. Cocoa powder. Yeah, and cherry. I get Cocoa that dark nibs. cherry. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Wow. Now tap it over your tongue. How does that experience change? Mm. No chocolate. Wow. Chocolate milk. Still got the grassiness from the rye. Yeah. Oh my. That I think is it's, awesome. It, so this this retails for about 130. Totally finishes like chocolate milk. Um, and then, so if you see these Masters Collection bottles, you know, every once in a while I'll run into one from a couple years back, or, you know, it, maybe it didn't, nobody knew what they were sitting on. And I'll just grab it, you know, because it's, it's literally a one of a kind. Oh, so good. So if you see this bottle out, it is, it's absolutely worth the investment. I mean, and I honestly believe it should cost a ton more. <laughs> because it costs so much to innovate and to create new products like i i just blown away that we're allowed to have these like beautiful one-off expressions every year i love it i love it um oh you know what yeah you didn't tell us any jokes this time oh last yeah. time you were here you told this joke that it like went viral like it was the biggest thing we ever posted on our youtube channel was like uh, you telling a joke about a whale oh yeah you want you want some jokes yeah tell us a joke Okay. Shh, come on, we're getting to the apex. Oh, okay. Um, how many jokes we got? Well, I'd say start with one, we'll see how it goes. Okay, so um, here's a joke for you guys. This is honestly nothing to do with anything, but I just think it's a funny joke. Okay. I could tell the whale joke if you want. No, no, no. Okay, new, we'll move on. New, yeah. I'll tell you one more joke, then I'll tell you a nice little Chris Moore story. Okay. Um, What's uh, Harry Potter's favorite way to get down a hill? Anybody? 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 Walking. Oh. <laughs> uh, J.K. Rowling. Oh. Oh. Hey. Oh. Hey. 
a book joke. Love it. I love that. Uh, so rare. <laughs> anyway. Um, Excellent joke. Thank you. Thank you. Very sophisticated. Um, one thing I love about Chris and this ever-evolving industry and constantly learning, um, and you know, thank you guys for being here. Um, but I just I can't get away from how much this changed my perception of all of this. Um, when I first met Chris uh, at Woodford, we were at the distillery. We went into this room and. You know, you're just like sitting with a legend, so it just kind of feels like super awesome. And <laughs> he was writing on this whiteboard, and he wrote 350, and then he wrote 11, like side by side. And uh, you know, I had worked here for so long, and I thought I knew all this, these really intricate details about so many brands, and I felt like I had a pretty good grasp on the industry. And uh, this was many years ago. And so things have even like even more dramatically changed when I get to the point. But um, at that time, he said, "There's roughly 350 Kentucky straight bourbons on the market right now. That means just Kentucky. That means you can make bourbon anywhere in the United States, but from Kentucky, 350 brands are being produced right now, roughly, coming from at that time 11." Producers, so there are eleven people, eleven distilleries, distilleries yeah. making three hundred and fifty different Kentucky straight bourbons. A lot of different labels. And he's like, "Let's just try to do some math real quick." So I was like, "Okay." So he goes, "Maker's Mark." Okay, Maker's Mark Distillery only makes Maker's Mark. So we're like, "Okay." So That's minus 10. one, minus one, so three hundred forty-nine and ten. The Woodford Reserve Distillery. We only make Woodford Reserve. And we're not talking about rye, malt, wheat, all this thing. We're talking about Kentucky straight bourbon. We only make one bourbon. Well, now two, actually, with the double up. This is before that. So. so minus two, minus one. Wild Turkey. They only make Turkey and Russell's. And then I think they had one other that was available only in Kentucky. And, and they had the, yeah. No, no, I'm just saying that's the Wild Turkey label. Right. The, the wild Turkey and then Russell's Reserve. Yeah, two bourbons. Bourbon. Yeah. Minus two, minus one. Basically, the point of this is that we didn't get down to 330, and we had three producers. So we're talking about really three major powerhouses, which uh, this is not a slam. They make fantastic whiskey, really, really beautiful stuff. But it changed my entire perspective that day because I had no idea, if I'm perfectly honest. And uh, it just made me kind of like, oh man, like I have to start looking at things a little differently because now we talk about why we're so intentional about these steps is because we want to produce the whiskey that represents that brand. We're not saying we want to take that barrel and make this brand. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that kind of really blew my mind and I hope that I'm not trying to blow anybody's mind, but I just, I, it made me start to ask a lot of different questions that I was asking at the time. So right. that's, I just like to leave you with that. But, you know. No, that's beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. Does anyone else have any questions for Luke Ford, our main man from Woodford Reserve tonight? You guys, happy holidays. Luke, thanks for coming out. Thank you. Oh, really awesome. Really awesome. Yeah. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you like what you heard, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating and review. The Spirit Guide Society is a Spirit Adventures production in association with Bitten from the Apple Productions. Special thanks to Tone Mesa for their post-production and audio services. The show is produced by Andrew Apple and me, Pedro Shanahan. Executive producer, Andrew Abrahamson. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Spirit Guide SOC. We'll be there to answer any questions you have, share what we're drinking, and more. And if you're still thirsty, you can always find more episodes of the show wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to always drink responsibly. That means don't drink to forget. Drink to remember. <laughs>